Hey there, folks. Uh, this week we're breaking from our usual show for a special episode, and tonight it's just me and our awesome SRO Technomancer friend, Treb, aka Subterran. Hello. So, how's it going? It's going all right. How are you doing? Uh, I have survived working for a really long stretch, but I have one more day to go before I get a day off. I'm very ready for that. Yeah, I'm sure. I believe in you. You've got that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, so uh, something that, I, that you don't hear in a lot of actual play podcasts, but I've loved when I have come across them and heard them, is just opportunities for the poor mook who kind of gets themselves caught up running these things to just sit down and do a quick one-on-one session with the players and just chat out the character, your concept, things like that. And, you know, it's just a great way for me as the GM and the listeners to get some really good meat on the crew members of the show. And also, you know, give me some more cannon fodder to throw at you in the future. Yeah, I don't know how much meat Treb has, though. <laughs> True. He, he is a little bit, uh, I don't really want to say stringy, but wiry. Yeah, I, I meant because he's a robot, but that's also true. <laughs> he is also wiry. Yeah, he, he's a re- real hard shell to crack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all right. Um, but I just kind of want to start off with, like, you know, introduce yourself a little bit, and then, like, just tell me what your concept for Treb as a character was. Uh, sure. Okay. Um, so. Full disclosure, I knew going into this that we were going to be playing a scenario or campaign involving the the Drift Crisis. So um, I thought it would be interesting to have someone who was a worshiper of Triune, who is the deity, the like tripartite uh, deity of the Starfighter setting that created or gave access to the Drift. No one's really quite sure. but I, I thought it'd be I thought it'd be interesting with the with the crisis going down for there to be a character who was a devout worshiper, maybe lapsed, maybe not. Um, and the concept just kind of grew from there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, I agree. It is a very nice extra little touch to it, especially since like I can't say much without spoiling what I've just from what I got got from like the posts that Paizo's put up on their website for the future books and what I've read through this first book and the next one coming through. But I mean, there, there's definitely, it's definitely going to add an extra little fun layer for you. And you're definitely going to get some good focus on that as well. Uh, is now some people, when they come to worship Triune, they focus on like one specific part of the three. Is there one that Trev kind of focuses on or is it just kind of a general, was it kind of a general worship? You know, I kind of went back and forth on that. Um, when I was coming up with the concept, but I, I think I think Treb's just kind of a general triunite. I don't think they worship like a particular aspect more than the others. Okay, that's good to know. Because I know like some SROs and other races that are common to Avalon, like the Anasites and other AIs, tend to focus more on Epoch, while androids, I believe, worship Cassandly. But I mean, I'm, yeah, absolutely makes sense because Cassandra is is an android when you get right down to it. Which yeah, I, actually... I thought about maybe uh, maybe focusing on Bree actually. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that right. 
that's the, that's like the clockwork one. Yeah, uh, I was actually gonna laugh. Is breathe the correct pronunciation? Because I've been saying Bry in a uh, uh, Outlaws Falcons card game that I'm also doing on our off Mondays, and I have a character who's a priest of Bra of Bree Bry Brig, however it's pronounced. Well, you're the you're the GM, so you you tell me. I mean, hey, I'll go with whatever you want to call it because I'm trying to remember that. I don't hear Bree. I just think of cheese. All right. See, Paizo, can we just get some official like pronunciation guides for some of these things, please? <laughs> Especially it decree. I just want someone to tell me how to say those squid aliens from Vesk Two, please. Uh, I usually go with Ijtikri, but I also <laughs> settle for squiddies a lot of the time. <laughs> That's a good way to go for go with it. Yeah, Ijtikri squiddies. This really weird, annoying race of pronounce that I absolutely love the concept of, but you know, that's that's another thing. Yeah. Uh, so why did you decide to go with Technomancer? Uh, so I, I'm always a caster. Not always. I, I like to play either casters or skill monkeys for the most part. Um, I just I really like the versatility that spells get you. Um. And, and again, just going to that concept of the triunite, um, like the triune worshiper, it was just, it, it was going to be either mystic for like the priestiness of it all, or mm -hmm. it was going to be a technomancer for the tech of it all. Um, and there was already a mystic in the party, so I made my decision kind of easy. Yeah, um, that's true. I think, but I think I would have picked technomancer anyway. Um, Treb to me is a robot that uh i don't how much backstory should i be saying are we saving some backstory for later stuff or should i like dive into backstory i mean don't give the horse away but feel free to like reveal what you want to reveal i'm definitely okay. like some of the what you've given me uh i will say this his awakening to magic i'm going to do a dive into that for like what i did with simbers thing at the beginning of the third stream session I am going to do that with Drip. I will tell you that. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, I'll keep it kind of vague. Uh, so basically, Treb is someone who uh, was built to be very uh, subservient to organic beings, particularly humans and humanoids, um, and meant to be something that was like comfortable for humans and other humanoids to like look at so it was very similar um and then as they like gained their sentience and they began to gain a sense of self and gain some control over their own life they decided they didn't they didn't like that and they didn't want to look humanoid so they started uh rebuilding and mani and uh reconfiguring their body uh as much as they can, and uh, I think that that was just kind of tied up in their magical awakening, and uh, it's all just about reconfiguring their own body to better get in touch with magic and get in touch with uh, who they want to be, and... So, so that they have a Technomancer alternate class feature where they have their spell cache is an augmentation that can change as they level up. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just kind of all part and parcel. 
Did you pick up that uh, alternate class feature? Say that again? Did you pick up that alternate class feature? Or thinking about grabbing it when it comes up? Oh, yeah, no, it, it starts at level one. Okay. I already have that, yeah. Ah, so you do have it, okay. Yeah, it's just in de- it's instead of the spell cache, I have a spell cache augmentation. Uh, there's not really much of a functional difference now, but later on it gets more distinct. Awesome. Uh, what augmentation did you pick for your for this one, if you don't mind sharing that? Uh, yeah, uh, so I actually did mention it in an episode. Um, they have the, uh, I think it's the techno, techno node augmentation. It's like a augmentation that goes in their throat that allows them to speak to computers and constructs um, without, like, like, interact with them just by talking to them. They don't have to have a uh, user interface. Okay, yeah. Hey, I just see it on your sheet. Haha, that's amazing what happens when I go look. <laughs> so, you said that Trev was originally built, like, looked more humanoid. Did he, so, did he always have the wheel, or is that, like, one of the first things he kind of just augments? He went away from two legs to just roll around, just be roly poly. Yeah, I, yeah, he, he, or they, sorry, they got rid of their legs. Um, yeah, sorry, I keep doing that too. <laughs> it's okay. I, I use he, and Trev uses they. Um, so it's easy to get it confused. Uh, but yeah, no, they they definitely got rid of their own legs. Like they used to have legs. I, I think they were probably kind of like squat, like um I don't know, somewhere between a halfling and a human. Um but they they were so Treb is small sized mechanically speaking, but I think Treb used to be medium sized, but then like got rid of their legs and the wheel is smaller than their legs would be so like their torso kind of looks too big for their size i kind of want them to live in the uncanny valley <laughs> i appreciate that honestly because it's 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 again good flavor yeah they just do not like organic beings very much and they kind of resent the um the human touches that were part of them when they were built okay so is he just mass produced at like some kind of factory or um I I think maybe they don't know. Uh they were they were working for some shady people uh doing like hard dangerous labor when they gained sentience and I don't think they know where they came from before that. Okay. Now when they gained sentience was that the same time their magical powers awoke or was this no. magic came out later? The, the magic came later. Um, okay. They, like, gained sentience and began to understand that they were seen as a tool and, it, like, an object and nothing more. Um, and when they started to show signs of sentience, uh, their owners were not pleased because there are laws saying, that, like, once, you know, once your machinery gains sentience, it is now... A uh, sentient being with rights. Um, that, that's how the pack world's laws work. So uh, they didn't want to have this work, this machine become a worker and therefore gain a bunch of rights. So they tried to like keep Treb secret and uh, keep keep them enslaved, basically. Yeah, very not good people. Not great. Not great. Um, yeah, okay. Look at their comeuppance someday, somehow, some way. <laughs> Or maybe they already did. Yeah, maybe they already did. Um, so, 
what about so you've mentioned that that he's a follower of Triumph, and you're looking at the priest theme originally, but we've talked about this a little bit. I think I told you that we were going to change it, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what? So we're changing it to paranormal investigator. Yes, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> and it was. Uh, we're doing the wisdom focus one, correct? Uh, correct. Clearly, I have all my notes right in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I wanted the uh, mysticism focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, with that though, what is it? Now, obviously, I have, I'm going to have some fun and create an input on this. But what is it that you think that Treb is kind of hunting for? Um, I don't think Treb was really hunting for anything at the beginning of the campaign. I think Treb was just kind of uh, coasting through their existence, just kind of unsure of where to go after leaving the Trionite Church. Um, But they... Now, they want to understand everything to do with our new ship, the engine that we have, uh, what's what's going on with the alternate realities and the different planes. Um, I think they really want to understand this maybe better than anyone else ever has you know like i think they want to become the new expert on alternate realities you know because (laughs) they have this this new opportunity that that as far as they know nobody else has ever had yes absolutely ah that's what sounds that honestly that gives me even more hype for it too to be honest with you (laughs) yeah i was actually i spent a lot of time today like probably more time than is healthy just kind of thinking (laughs) about uh what treb wants to do as they level up um and i have some some thoughts that i kind of want to talk to you about uh not not recorded um about (laughs) future leveling up maybe multi-class shenanigans i don't know but i think treb wants to get some kind of access to uh some some of the like witch warper spells and spells from other classes or at or pretty much anything that they can get their hands on um, that has to do with alternate realities or planar travel or whatever. Uh, Because Trev has a conjuration focus already that's going to help with like summoning spells and eventually in the higher levels, teleportation spells, all that sort of stuff. I was actually going to say, that's my next question. We were going to talk about your archetype. (laughs) So you want to dive into that now? Sure. Uh, Treb is a school specialist uh, focused on the Conjuration School. Right now, all that it does is it give, gives Treb a an additional spell slot at the highest spell level that they can use to cast only a Conjuration spell. Uh, for right now, that would mean just summon creature. Yeah, because you only have what three? You only know three first level spells. Yeah, and only one of them is conjuration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, but hey, I mean, at level two though, that's four first level spell slots a day right now. I was looking at that. That get, that gets pretty. Cr- you get some really. It gets crazy for you. Um, as soon as you get a new level of spell, you basically get two. I because I also get um, spell cash once per day when I'm out of spells. Okay. I can get one more from my augmentation. So once you learn some more uh, conjuration spells, then you can have, you can definitely start really burning through some spell slots. Oh yeah. So what made you choose conjur- conjuration though? Um, I just it's one of my 
like favorite character types to play. Like I have this, I have this thing that I do when I'm playing tabletop RPGs, uh, especially when I'm playing new ones that I haven't played before. That's not really relevant now, but just generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, I like I like to play like a handful of character archetypes that I decided on when I was like, I don't know, 16 years old or whatever. <laughs> and I just keep these new systems and trying to make like the same like seven types of characters. Like I like to make a druid that is focused on the fact that everything is part of nature, like not just the, the woods, you know, like buildings are also part of nature because they're made of stone or they're made of whatever and humans made them and humans are natural beings or whatever. Um, and I like to make chronomancers, characters that focus on time magic. Um, and I like to make teleport specialists and that's what okay. Trent is. So you like you like chronomancers and you've mentioned witch warper as an option a couple of times. What about precog? Did you consider it or I have I have considered that as well. Um but the witch warper has more of the conjuration spells that I think Trev would want that the technomancer doesn't already have. Mm-hmm. Um like there are there are more spells in the witch witch warper list that I would want that Technomancer doesn't have access to than there are for the precog. Okay. Which I mean Witch Warper is just a all around fun class anyway. Yeah, I see I don't know if I want to actually dip into Witch Warper though. I was thinking about uh there's the mechanic alternate class feature, um experimental apparatus that lets you do some magic shenanigans Mm -hmm. um and then there's a mechanic trick that lets you use spell chips from any spell casting list so i was thinking about maybe just doing two levels into mechanic and uh then i'll be able to use spell chips of witch warper spells that'd be really handy that'd be a good way to go about it too because then you don't have to worry about the charisma yes exactly because right now my charisma is very good. <laughs> Which I mean, kind of how you built Trev, it would make sense that they they don't have a good charisma score. Like they're basically in this galaxy, it's almost impossible to not interact with, as you like to put it, organics. And he's he makes it very clear he's not here to be friends with them. He's here to do his job and move on. Yeah, when I was getting Trev uh, ready, I was thinking about like what voice I wanted to do. And I decided to go with a human one just because it's kind of, they were meant to be very human. Uh, and I think they have a lot of that underneath the metal skin. Um, There's I, something I, I, you can't quite get rid of so easily. Yeah. Uh, but when I was getting the voice ready and trying out different things, I, I kept saying meatbag a lot in my like testing for different voices. And then once I, <laughs> once I actually sat down to play, I realized that one of the people in our party was a plant. They're not a meatbag. So I was like, oh, well, I guess organic is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could still call everyone else a meatbag. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it'll get thrown around. And the more HK51 references you can throw in, the happier everyone will be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please tell me you've played Kotor. What's that? <laughs> please tell me you've played Kotor. I, not, yes, not a ton, though, to be honest, but I have played oh, that's it. Fair. That, that's fair, yeah. I was thinking more Bender. Okay, yeah, that's also a good reference. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's great. Only Trev is much more effective at things outside of Bending than Bender will ever be. 
Yeah, yeah. Trip is a. Uh... I, I like to build characters that are very, very good at a couple things. And Treb is, I think, going to be like that with um, engineering in particular. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think out of like the main characters, you are Treb is definitely the best engineer. Yeah, and I had the um, benefit of coming into the party a little bit later and seeing where some of the gaps were. Mm-hmm. Like, I was told that Thieves needed someone with computers, so I was like, okay. <laughs> That was hilarious in our kind of episode 0.5 that led into the first episode from our first streaming session. There is something, the entire, like, everything up to them getting on board the Murata was just stuff I just helped bring through together really quick. And uh, <laughs> there's one thing I did there where they found signs of sabotage that unleashed this, the swarm on the research base they were on, but no one had a computer stick to even try and figure out how it happened, who it was, nothing like that. So it's just a mystery that's just left up in the air for all time and eternity now. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. It, it, and it is. <laughs> it's just a little extra fun thing. So I, was like, trying to figure, I was trying to figure out how I can just work that whole little subplot in to kind of keep it going through the whole venture. And I was like, well, I kind of have to worry about this now. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of relief on my bed. <laughs> but yeah. Um, all right. So I did want, well, I have one other question I kind of want to get into a little bit. So, yeah, as you say, Treb does not want to be recognized as, or, as an organic. He is a robot and damn proud of it. But it, he's found himself constantly, obviously, surrounded by other humanoids and organics and things like that, especially as he's been working. Like, how long do you think he's been with the crew of the Murata? Um, I think they've only been there um, maybe like, I don't know, uh, I'm going to put an asterisk around this that we're allowed to change it if we decide we come up with something better later. Uh, oh, that's fair. Speaking to the listeners. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think probably around a year. Okay, so like he's had some time to get used to them and things like that and all these yeah. other people. And like, do you think his attitudes are going to change a little bit as things progress towards his crew and the organics around him? I think that that is a definite possibility, but I do want to leave it open to be like, it's going to be dependent on what happens in the campaign. You know, I have, I have an idea of what I think Treb's character arc might look like over the like broad picture, but I'm more than willing to keep that open for like, yeah, I, I think that Treb will probably grow to respect organics a little bit more i think that's likely but if organics do a lot of jerky stuff around the trip maybe they might <laughs> do the other way maybe they, maybe they might just go off on a on a whole thing about not not wanting to work with organics anymore i i don't know and well there's always the always potential terrible outcome of trev dying too yeah, that would that would not be great. I would not be a fan of that person. <laughs> Listeners, right in. <laughs> if it happens, it happens. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, character death's always a part of these games, and um, the 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 stakes make the game, as far as I'm concerned. But still, I would be I'd be pretty sad. I like Trev. I like I like the potential that they have as a character. I will say, in uh, my six years of game mastering experience, I have yet to kill a PC in an official long-term game. Really? Is that is that just in Starfinder or any? 
that's Starfinder, the bit of Pathfinder I've been doing lately, and Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Honestly, I've got like a list of skills <laughs> as a GM, uh, mostly in D and D Third Edition and Three Point Five. Mm-hmm. Uh, killed a lot of characters. I've See, had I have gotten very close. Everything. I have gotten very close several times, like on the ground, but not able to get that finishing blow in. But in a long-term campaign, I have yet to actually get a PC death. Well, we'll now see. if we count okay. one shots, <laughs> if we start throwing some one shots in there, though, then yeah, my list skyrockets. But those are one shots, so <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think one of my favorite things is I did a Halloween one shot with some people who were brand new to TTRPGs last year, and the final boss of this had a weapon that just automatically beheaded someone on a natural twenty. <laughs> I got two natural twenties in a row. <laughs> Lovely. It was great. Very spooky. Yep. But anyway, all right. Uh, so with that, I want to, did want to do a brief little scene with you as well. Um, this is going to take place after you have gained your sentience, you've found your magic, and you've escaped, essentially. Okay. And you have managed to find your way to Alluvian. Okay. And I wanted first thing I want to ask is, after your escape, would Treb have immediately like started trying to find a uh, reason for their sudden awakening, before, and then stumbling across learning about trying and wanted to find out more about that? Uh, so Treb. Treb kind of views their sentience as just something that was inevitable. Um, so I don't think they really have questions about their sentience. They just, yes, I am a complex being, and therefore I am sentient. Um, but the magic itself? But the, the, magic of... itself, the, magic, the, the magic itself, they would definitely want to know more about. Um, Treb went from, so they were, they were in the diaspora, uh, mm-hmm. That's where they were working, and they when they escaped, they went to Verses and found the church there. Okay, so this is going to be some time after you found the church on Verses, and you decided yeah. to make a pilgrimage to Alluvian to find just go to the home of Triune, and like kind of get because at this point, because Treb did join the Church of Triune for a while after their escape while they're on Verses, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they want to make a pilgrimage, kind of see the home of their of their god and their worship, and go see how things were. Um, how long would it have been this time period of from escaping to joining the church to wanting to make this pilgrimage before joining, and then until joining the Marada to kind of get an age for how old they are? I think Treb. Oh, I wrote this down somewhere. I think Treb is around eight years old. Um, but. That's well. That's going by the when they developed sentience, not when they were built. Yeah, around around eight years old. Um, I think they weren't sentient and trapped in the diaspora very long, and I think they were probably on verses for like a couple years before they would have wanted to go on the pilgrimage. Okay. So, so they maybe like three. All right, and then they were on. Now was the Marauder their first ship? You think? Around yes. the time they're kind of just fed up with the church. Yes, the, that was the Murata was their first job of any kind after leaving the church. Excellent. Okay, 
So you have found yourself to Alluvian. You were able to take passage on a cargo hauler um, that was financed and owned by the church itself. So you didn't actually have to pay for your passageway, besides maybe just helping out with some engineering work and things like that. Uh, it was mostly automated and it was filled with just other SROs, a few anasites, some androids, and a handful of cyborgs. Uh, humanoid creatures that just have robotic parts that also seem to be either just working the ship or uh, also worshippers of Triune. And you find yourself arriving in Alluvion. And, uh, yeah, Alluvion itself, eventually we're going to have a map of this. I'm going to be so excited for that. But for our listeners, um, Alluvion is an ever-expanding epicenter of intelligent activity located within the Drift itself. And the Drift, obviously, is this pseudo-dimensional space that is used for fast and light travel within the Sedna Starfinder. Um, and this city is literally located inside this extra planar existence of the Drift. And it is the spiritual center of the worship of Triune, who either created the Drift or revealed it to the world. It's very unclear what the truth of that is beyond that Triune didn't exist. The Drift didn't exist. Triune existed. The Drift existed. Uh, the city itself has a rather ovoid shape, and it rests atop a relatively flat asteroid underneath of which is an expanse of impossible darkness with like an accretion disk composed of chunks of other planes claimed by the drift slowly spiraling into the city and just gradually making the city itself bigger and larger over time. And uh, so as you're flying into the city and you see this accretion disk for the first time, what's kind of Treb's reaction to that? Probably awestruck that sounds really impressive you know especially for someone who has read about this place and read about how the drift works to the best of our understanding as a as a culture as as the church um so yeah i think probably blown away okay i mean absolutely i mean it's just picturing this is just mind-boggling to consider like an asteroid sitting on top of what very well may be a black hole, but it's not being absorbed into it. Instead, it's growing larger by absorbing things coming out of this black hole. But, and so you are able to dock, and I mean, the drift looks very different from normal space. It is this constant shifting cloud fog-like miasma of just purple, pink, and green uh, hyperspace lighting that just looks oddly foggy and cloudy as you're looking out into it and this random things have this tendency of just showing up uh out in the drift and i mean it's all just it's centered here even when olivia's not necessarily in the center of the drift because it does kind of move around and relocate at times but as you arrive and you disembark you find yourself just kind of wandering through you know eventually you need to make your way towards uh the main temple but you don't have to be there immediately is there anything in particular that you like that they would want to go do, see, wander, examine, or just kind of meander? Uh, Treb would want to see everything. Uh, Treb would want to like do the math to figure out what is the most they could possibly see between now and when they have their meeting. You know what? Roll me an, an engineering check on this. See how well you do this math. 
<laughs> That's a natural one for those of you listening at home. For a uh, you are just so overwhelmed by it. just the fact that you are, are here is just so astounding to you that you're you think you've got time. You think you have plenty of time to be able to get to where you're going and do your wandering and your sightseeing. Like you can see everything. You have hours. You're, there's no wor- worry about getting lost whatsoever. And so you just kind of start making your way through. And as you're making your way through and you're looking around, something kind of starts to bother you a little bit. Like, yes, there are androids and anisites and SROs everywhere. But there's a surprising number of organics. And it's just, it's a little, I mean... How would Treb just kind of feel about it? like this holy place to a god devoted to technology and artificial intelligence? And there's, well, they are most definitely outnumbered, but there is a fair number of organics just here. I think at this point in their life, organics just make Treb uncomfortable. Like Treb just doesn't, like it's not like Treb like hates organic beings. They just don't like being around them and don't don't trust them really. So I think Treb would just kind of be, I don't know, like like a tick away from paranoid, you know, like not mm-hmm. losing it, but just very on edge, I think, whenever they're particularly surrounded by organic beings. And I think there is a, a little feeling of you, you don't deserve triune. Like Triune is is ours. Triune is for mechanical beings. And while it's admirable, like I'm glad that you like Triune. I wish they didn't worship Triune, I think is kind of where Trevor mm-hmm. Okay. Although like I said, uh Bry is the one that you would think he'd focus a little bit more on if he wasn't more general, but like that's probably the one that's most commonly worshipped by uh organics, humanoids, and things like that. Because she's a kind of a living... Uh, how is she described here? Hold on. Because she's a living construct. Right. Uh, she she was like the goddess of inventors in Pathfinder mm-hmm. times. Man, even here on the entry about trying to talk about how she's worshipped as a goddess of invention machines and technology by engineers, inventors, mechanics, tinkers, and especially Yasoki. And like there's that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like actually, because I'm looking at the information about Oluvion as well, and like outside of androids and anasites, it is predominantly Rathani and Yasoki here. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. again, I mean, Rathani are if I remember correctly, they are a very technologically focused uh, species as well. Yeah, and they're very into cybernetic modification. Mm-hmm. But so, uh, you're wandering and you're looking at through it, everything, and you're not really paying attention to the time. And we're getting close to, your meeting was, you're supposed to be at the temple at uh, close to evening time, and you had arrived right around midday. And it's starting to get a little bit close to the time, and you start to notice that whatever method they use for telling time or setting up day cycles here, it is definitely starting to get close to the time, but you're actually a little bit lost. Oh, no. (laughs) 
as you realize you just gotten so lost in the sights and this confusion over how many how many non-robotic non-artificial intelligence creatures are here and i need you to roll me a perception check That is a 19 perception. Excellent. So as you're making your way through and you're beginning to realize how late it's gone, you begin to try and find your look your way through, see if you can find a site that you were told to look for or pull up a map and see if you can find your way to where you're going. And then out of the corner of your eye, you catch notice of someone who you have to look back. You have to do a double take, essentially, when you see this person. And it's, it's an organic. It's a very familiar organic. And before you, little ways in the crowd, and someone has definitely seen you as you have seen them, there's a Demai. One who you have not seen in probably almost four years at this point. Since your escape. Yes. And you see they smile over at you as they catch sight of you. This is one of the... One, one of the guards. Of former owners? Oh, guard. One of the guards of your former owners, yes. And they're smiling at me? They're smiling, and you, you can tell they recognize you. They're probably about 40 feet away from you at this point, but they begin to make their way towards you. And is it's not a friendly like, smile. Is there, like, crowds of people? Um, There's a small crowd of people. It's not, like, an agree... It's not... You're not in a incredibly... You're not in a marketplace area. You're kind of found yourself wandering through a garden, like a kind of garden forest area. And as it started getting later, fewer and fewer people have been there. You're not completely alone, but you are definitely not in like a easily lost in crowd. Uh, Treb would immediately fire off three magic missiles. <laughs> not even hesitating. All right. Not even hesitate. Okay. Yeah. I'll allow it. Go ahead and roll it. All right, that is a five, a two, and a four for a total of 11. And you see, you fire them off, and just like, oh, oops, I messed that up. And you, like, as you fire them off, and these beams of energy just start rocketing through the crowd, like, the few people who are around you immediately start to disperse, and, like, if you let out a little shout and scream, and they all start moving away, and this guy, he just staggers he hits the ground for a second then he gets back up and then let me see does a 15 hit your eac uh yes yeah as after you fire out that magic missile and you see this guy you recognize kind of start to hit the ground and almost go down because he has one hit point left a a le- bolt of electricity suddenly shocks into you from the side, and you are and you do take just a little bit of damage. Four points of electricity damage, not that will be non-lethal. And you whirl around to see what just shot you, and you see another guard from those days, uh, Miracoy. Uh, can I shoot another <laughs> magic missile? <though? laughs> Are uh, we, are, should we go into rounds or something? 
I mean, I, I thought about rolling initiative, but I'm like, nah, we'll just we'll just go. Each person gets a turn as we go. Like, you'll get the first, top one. Okay, then Trev would fire off three magic missiles again. One <laughs> at the person who I already hit with three, and then the other two at. Um, well, the demise gonna take a shot at you first. Okay. And yep. I believe if I, that's going to be sixteen, so I think he'll hit you as well. Like he's just firing a tactical missile, and as his shots echo across this area, like the few people who hadn't already started running, they immediately start fleeing. As he kind of tries to duck down to get some cover behind you and takes a couple shots at you, and now you can do, fire next to magic missiles. Okay. Uh, yeah. So first missile is going to be going at the Demai, and then the other two at the Marif. Okay. That is a three, so three at the um, at the Demai, and then four and five for a total of nine at the Marifoy. Uh, Treb is so. I, I guess I'm guessing I'm going off my level one stats here, right? Because this is the past. Uh, no, I was going to let you use your level two stats. It's fine. <laughs> okay, all right. I was going to say because otherwise Treb is like almost down. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, cause, I mean, you're taking nine points of damage, so I think you still have a stamina point left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that magic missile connects with the demai, and he it just blows straight through him, and he gets knocked back by that bolt of force, and he hits the ground, and he is out, and quite possibly dead. Good. Uh, the Miracoy, seeing their companion down, they're going to take one more shot at you really quick before turning and fleeing, try to start fleeing away further into the city. Not expecting you to deal this kind of punishment. Uh, that's going to be a ten against the AC. Ah, uh, that is a miss. Yeah, so his like he's he's turning and fleeing as he takes this shot, and he just takes off booking it. Fortunately, he doesn't make it very far. As you look up, like you're trying to prepare another spell to cast at him as they're fleeing, but then you're interrupted as you hear the sound of wings, and you look up and you see an anisite, a winged anisite, comes swooping down. And immediately fires uh, another bolt of electricity at the Maricoy that just stuns them, and the Maricoy hits the ground as well. And then it kind of swoops down a little bit and just starts binding the Maricoy up, sweeps over, checks the demai, verifies the dead, and then comes over to you. Greetings. Are you okay? Um. Yes, I think i am and they're like just kind of looking over their bodies seeing if there's any permanent damage but there's not that is excellent news this one is called watcher 4228 and as you're kind of looking over them as they kind of settle themselves hovering in the ground in front of you they you notice that they are we indeed wearing a uh, badge of the church of triune with the three circles of computer code intertwined with each other, but kind of superimposed over an emblem that you recognize as someone who specifically follows Epoch, the third of the three uh, Chaparterates. Okay. Which is... Um, and go ahead and roll me a mysticism check on that. Seventeen. Awesome. So you, I mean, obviously, if you're around the church, you know about all three aspects. But Epoch seems to be kind of the least commonly worshipped among the three. 
when people focus on one part of triune um and but they are seen as the epitomization as the pinnacle of machine evolution and pretty much anyone who's comes from the planet Abalon in the Pax system tends to will worship Epoch because that is a planet of robots and where anasites come from. And that he is the god of artificial intelligence and programming and robots. So it's not too surprising to see an anasite have one, have a badge specifying that yes, they this is the aspect that they focus on and they worship. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that I think that Trev would also have, you know, some particular respect. I think, like like I said before, I think Trev pays pays near equal admiration to, to all three. But I think, yeah, that it's like Bry and then Epoch. Mm-hmm. I have contacted local authorities. They shall be here shortly to apprehend and detain these two criminals. Excellent. Thank you. Are you a devotee of Triune? I am, yes. I'm a low-level priest working on verses here for my pilgrimage. Ah, it is excellent to have you. Thank you for coming to Alluvian. Uh, it's absolutely my pleasure. We shall await the authorities, and then I shall escort you to the church. That sounds lovely. Thank you very much. And like I said, they'll, it's only a few minutes before the authorities do arrive, and they'll ask you questions about what happened, how you, if you know them, and you can kind of explain that story to them. And as you're waiting this uh, watcher will just kind of keep talking with you, asking you a little bit about yourself, about your church back home, and things like that. And just it'll be a very nice conversation before they again do escort you off to the main church and temple. And uh, that's where we're gonna kind of leave it and fade it out from here. With Treb just off to kind of do their due diligence and due duty, and even though some few years from this point they're not really going to be a member of the priesthood any longer. Well, thank you. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad, or at least I hope that at least one of those two is dead, preferably both, but you know. I mean, I, I, I will say this, the, Dem- the Demai is absolutely dead. The Marikoi, at very least, is rotting in a living prison for the rest of their life. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> or who knows maybe they'll escape in the future dun 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 well I got plenty more magic missiles where that came from <laughs> I mean if that happens it'll be a much higher level for both of you and I hope you have some more fun spells than a magic missile yeah but also so many magic missiles <laughs> so many magic missiles <laughs> yeah uh, thank you so much for joining me for this thank you for running thank you for having me on the show Oh, I'm so glad. I'm happy to have you. Like it's, I'm like everything about this. I'm just super excited about, and I'm really excited to talk more about Treb and explore this journey with him, and honestly talk with all the other players as well, and kind of start seeing what their plans are and their thoughts are. Especially since I'm doing these as the show progresses, so like they're all gonna have different information at the times when we do these interviews. It'll be so much great. Yeah, yeah, that is very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting for me. Yeah, thanks for joining, and 
we'll see you next time when we stream again. Goodbye, folks.